Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Teresa E. Keeves and welcome to my show again. Um, as, as I, as I was here in Arizona, beautiful, beautiful day. And I'm your host for put it all on the table through mediation. I am so happy to be here talking with you this beautiful morning. And I would like to remind you out there that I am airing every other Thursday on thegreattalkzone.com at 7 a.m. For our Mountain Standard Time listeners out there, and for those of you who are not on Mountain Standard Time, just check your time um, so that you can adjust um, knowing when I will be airing. So, because I don't want you to, um, uh, I don't want you to miss any of my, you know, shows. Okay, and I know that since we talked the last time, that you all have been doing well and. And I know that is that is my hope. And should any of you have run into any things potentially negative, I'm certain and hopeful that you were able to deal with whatever it was and you were the ultimate conqueror. Okay. Today's discussion is how beneficial can professional mediation be for assisting individuals with disability? This is so important as our nation continues to be multifaceted with a myriad of individuals who have and still are migrating into this country. I, along with my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, are going to discuss this topic infusing into our conversation the importance of making certainty that the disabled are not forgotten, whether these individuals may be veterans from war or regular United States citizens, citizens, I'm sorry, who are functional human beings, but just need some assistance for making certain that they can develop into fully stable individuals. In addition to how professional um, mediation can be a vital part for assisting them. Okay. Before we get started, I would like to tell you guys about a story that is coupled with a what and a wow and just sad. This is a story about two individuals, and it goes in brief as follows. In accordance to a report online dated March 31st, 2015, Tito and Amanda Watts were arrested over the weekend for selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. The couple who the couple who sold the tickets on the street for ninety nine ninety nine per ticket told buyers the tickets were made from solid gold and each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present present the ticket at the pearly gates and you are in. Now, they said that people um, can sell tickets to heaven, which is what a Jacksonville police um, the spokesman said, but here comes the but the Watts misrepresentation of their product. The tickets were just wood sprayed, painted with gold. 
Ticket to Heaven Admit One was written in a black magic marker. Now, you can sell anything as gold when it is not. That's the law. That's one of the laws that they broke. That's where the Watts crossed the line into doing something illegal. Tito Watts, the husband, said to the uh, police, he made a statement. Now, I want you guys to come close, close to your to your speaker so you can hear this. He said, I don't care what the police say. The tickets are solid gold. It ain't cut up two by fours. I spray painted gold. And it was Jesus. And I'll say that again. It was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and said to sell them so I can get me some money to go to outer space. He said that he met an an alien named Stevie who said if I got the cash together, he'd take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that makes that is made entirely of crack cocaine, ladies and gentlemen. He says you can smoke all the crack cocaine that you want totally free, says this alien named Stevie. So try to send an innocent. So the the, the uh, Mr. Watts says, so you're trying to send an innocent man to jail and see what happens. He says you should arrest Jesus because he's the one that gave me the golden tickets and said to sell them. He says, and I'm even willing to wear a wire so you can set Jesus up. Now, the wife chimes in and she says, all we just wanted to do is leave Earth and go to space and smoke rock cocaine. He says they they didn't do anything wrong. Tito sold the golden tickets to heaven, she said, and she was just a bystander. She was just watching. Police said that they they confiscated over $10,000 in cash that they made from selling these golden tickets, guys, five crack pipes and a baby alligator. You know, this is what I'm going to say. You know, I like to bring you guys some stories, you know, before we go into our broadcast that that are interesting and, and you know, maybe a little off teeter there to get the morning going. But, you know, this story is really sad and it certainly depicts the unfortunate manner in which some of our society members are allowing themselves to be in. It is quite obvious to me that these individuals have mental illness along with plague of drugs that they cannot seem to or cannot disconnect from. Now, although this story, as I said, is the what and a wow, for many of you out there, I like to bring to you guys, as I said, stories that are of interest and definitely conversation worthy. But as I said, this is also sad. Okay, moving along, I would also like to briefly mention the woman in Baltimore who was justifiably reprimanding her son, in my opinion, during the riots in in Baltimore. And the video of her doing this has gone viral. And the story in part says this. It says she, the boy's mother, hits a young-looking man dressed in all black, wearing a black hood, and drags him off the street. According to WMAR, the Baltimore television station that captured the scene, the, the woman is the man's mother. Now, they calling him a man, but he is 17 years old. Um, the Baltimore Police Commissioner praised her, and so do I. He said, you had one mother who grabbed her child who had a hood on his head, and she started smacking him on the head because she was so embarrassed. Commissioner Anthony W. Batts said, I wish I had more parents that took charge of their kids out there. 
some social media post and the woman mom here hey i agree with that i totally agree with this woman's actions pertaining to her son and i agree with the social media post calling her mother of the year now let's get this straight i am not at all for abusive behavior from parents you know regarding their children as there is a lot of that out there however I am talking about tough love from parents that has seemed to go awry in this country and teenagers do what they want. They say what they want. They act how they want. And it's okay in society for kids and teenagers to talk to their parents, teachers, and any other authoritative figures however they want and basically raise themselves. Parenting is now a lot of, oh, let them figure it out for themselves to I just want to be their friend. My thing is this, you know, they have friends. I love you with every fiber in my being. However, I am not wanting to be your friend. I am your parent for life. A loving, kind, caring person who deems respect from you always. And I will and and I expect for you to love me. And the kindness and the caring that I give to you to be reciprocated as well. Now, look, by no means am I telling you guys how to raise your children. I'm just stating my opinion. Look, I have two grown sons. And if they are teetering in an area I don't like, guys, trust me, they will know about it. I don't care if they are grown. I am still and will always be their parent. However, this is a lesson along with many others that I instilled in them from early youth. And that's where it starts from the early youth. So it's ingrained in them. All right. And then not only that, I want to say in ending that still today, I get so many compliments on how mannerable they are, for example, and how respectable they are. That's due to how they were raised and that I continue to raise them because sometimes, you know, you may have to put them back in the oven, so to speak. Okay. And how I continue to maintain, you know, the, the vital things that I taught them, you know, when they were, you know, coming up. All right, let's get started. How beneficial can professional mediation be for assisting individuals with disability? My guest is my fabulous brother, Reginald C. Campbell. He has over 30 years of, exper- of experience in the field of social work and over 20 years experience in the mental health area as a psychological caseworker. He is certified in DSM-4 Diagnostic Statistical Manual. He recently, guys, remember I had been talking about, oh, he's coming to, he's coming from Illinois. Well, boom, he's here now as of last week. He is now an Arizonan. He is uh, a frequent guest on my show. And, and so more wonderful news is that he recently acquired a position as a therapist where he is going to be overseeing the juvenile sex offender facility that is um, a new facility that is uh, located in Yuma, Arizona, for an organization called Helping Associates that is located in Casa Grande, Arizona. Reginald, as always, welcome to my show. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be speaking from you from Arizona and not Illinois. It's wonderful. I had a great trip, uh, beautiful scenery, and I'm just tickled pink. And I put emphasis on that with like exclamation marks 20 behind that. 
tickled pink to be here. Fabulous. And I, and I, and I as well am tickled pink to have you here. Okay. And, <laughs> um, not, not just because you're frequent on my, on my show, but you know, it's, it's good to have a, you know, a loving and kind spirit, you know, uh, um, from, you know, that's a family member. Um, here in the, in the same area that, that you are, you know, we were very close growing up together anyway, so we might mm-hmm. as well be in the same facility, I think, you know, in the same area. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I, I just uh, love it how, um, uh, we just picked up, uh, from how we always been, um, you know, shopping together and talking and laughing and things like that. And it's just, uh, so wonderful to me and heartwarming to, be able yep. to be in your presence uh, and to do those things and not 1,800 miles away. And, and, and I, just, you know, I just want to say I, I appreciate it. And people I know, okay, this you guys might say, oh, this is really sappy, but I don't care. Uh, you know, I, I just really appreciate my sister, and, and I love her with every uh, bone and, and drop of blood and fiber in my body. And just has been a wonderful person to me and, and continues to be. Now, you know it's awesome when you're 1,800 miles away and your apartment and everything is set up for you. You don't have to do anything. You just drive, <laughs> and they've set this up for you, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. So, Well, okay. you know, I have to be me, and that's, and that's what I do. I, I, I'm going to be me. I'll always thank you so much for that brother and you know likewise you know all right let's get let's get started okay now i i want to say this real quick should i any of you out there have any questions for me or my guests please contact us on 1-888-463-6748 that's 1-888-463-6748 and i have a different email address i want to give to you guys and it's info at denovobusiness.com. That's denovo, D-E-N-O-V-O, business.com. All you legal people out there should, should know that. But for those of us who, you know, are not familiar with denovo and the spelling of it, there you go. All right. Once again, our topic is how beneficial can professional mediation be for assisting individuals with disabilities? Now, just some quick history facts, you know, about this law. It is known as the Americans with Disability Act of 1990. So this act is somewhat new, let's say 25 years old. And it is a law that was enacted in Congress in 1990. Um, Senator Tom Harkins, a Democrat from Iowa, authored the bill and was his chief sponsor in the Senate. This Senator Harkins also delivered part of his introduction speech in sign language, saying it was it was because of his deaf brother so that he could understand what was going on. He uh, it was signed into law on July 26, 1990, by President George H.W. Bush and later amended with changes during January 1st of 2009 during this present during President Obama administration. Now, the ADA, the acronym for that, is a wide-ranging civil rights law that prohibits discrimination based on disability. It affords similar protection against discrimination to Americans with disability as the Civil Rights Act of 1964. All right? That's just some history about it. 
Now, with later amendments taking place, Reginald, in President Obama administration in the year 2009, being very integral in working with individuals who are disabled, have you noticed any significant change in how disabled individuals are being treated in this country? You know, I have seen um, some improvements for for the better, which is which is absolutely great. And um, well, just let me start with this: um, uh, the ADA law, like Medicaid, Medicare, and the Affordable Care Act. You know, when they're first enacted, there has to be amendments uh, to it because things change, times change, and 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 people change. And so, I'm glad that there have been changes in uh, the ADA law. Uh, I have seen um, improvements in, in how these people are uh, treated, uh, making it more accommodating for uh, people who are, uh, for instance, in, in wheelchairs, um, mm-hmm. make it more accommodating for people who um, uh, require sign language and things like that. Uh, I, I would like to see more of that <clears throat> uh, in in the court system with um you know, people who um, are are in a criminal court case or or whatever, that there is somebody who's there and available to assist people um, who have uh, hearing disabilities. Uh, so, so I would like to see more of that. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm definitely a, a fan of this law. Uh, it's something that uh, should have should have been done and needs to be done, and uh, will continue to be need to be amended like uh, any other law. Exactly. Well, well said. And, um, as you know, uh, being, being in the, uh, in the, in the, um, court systems and, um, uh, you know, and also being a mediator and also mediating uh, Attorney General uh, EEOC Civil Rights Division, I come across a lot of these individuals. And I too, uh, Reginald, am happy to see that, for example, buses, um, have long been, um, um, you know, uh, being accommodating for individuals with, um, uh, disabilities. And they, and, and I, what I notice is the buses continue to, um, improve themselves, uh, yeah. with their buses, you know, like, uh, for, to, to, you know, particularly those with, uh, wheelchairs, you know, they have the steps that can now go out basically to the sidewalks. The sidewalks are, I'm sorry, the buses are, um, leveled and or can I've even seen some buses that can decrease their height so they can adjust themselves so that individuals with a wheelchair can get on the bus and then there's spaces on the wheelchairs and some L systems, mm-hmm. um, elevated systems in our countries that have, you know, areas for them to so that they can uh, be functional and go on about their their day. Um, you know, in their lives because they are part of our society and they should be, um, em- embraced as such. And I, and I, you know, and I, I welcome the, the amendments as well. We're going to need to take a, a short break, uh, Reginald and ladies and gentlemen out there, but please come back with us as we continue to discuss, uh, mediating with, with uh, individuals with disabilities. know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, 
bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for returning with me and my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, as we are discussing the benefits of um, professional mediating, mediation for assisting individuals with disabilities. Okay, Reginald, people who had disabilities, including our service women and men, mm-hmm. you know, used to be put aside so to speak, in our society as mm-hmm. no longer useful and um, or, or, you know, they're not they're not used uh, uh, in, in the manners in, in which they need to be used as fully functional people in our in our, uh, you know, society. And um, there was no training for jobs, for example, you know, and, uh, you know, it wasn't actually the training was not made available for them. Now, as I was doing my research, Section 504 of the Disability Act states the following. Disabilities as a uh, group face similar discrimination in employment, education, and access to society. People with disabilities were seen as a legitimate minority subject to discrimination and deserving of basic civil rights protections. This class status concept has been critical in the development of the movement and advocacy efforts. The Coalition of People with Disabilities has been constantly put to the test by attempts to remove protections for particular groups. The history of the ADA is a testament to the movements and commitments to solidarity among people with different disabilities. What is your comment on that, Reginald? What do you think can be some things that businesses can do to assist the government in employing these? Mm-hmm. Businesses can let um, employers and, and potential employees know that uh, um, they have accommodations uh, for people with disabilities. They can let them know that they hire people with disabilities, um, veterans with, with disabilities. And because people with disabilities, it, you know, it does not mean that they're disabled. It does not mean that, that they're no longer good to society um, or people who are born with disabilities. You know, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean any of that. Um, actually, some of the most capable people who uh, employees that I have run into have been people with disabilities. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, p- 
people, they are no different from any other employee. They may just need accommodations for their wheelchair or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything like that. And that doesn't mean that they cannot perform that position. Uh, If anything, I have seen uh, people with disabilities uh, perform better than people with no disabilities, you know. So so I think it would be uh, very good for employees to let people know veterans in particular, uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we're, we're open to anybody. We're open to anyone who, uh, you know, has the skill and the ability to, to perform this job. Um, mm-hmm. Just as you were talking before the break, I was thinking of two, uh, two movies, uh, Born in the USA uh, with, with Tom Cruise, uh, you know, when he was a veteran and uh, was disabled in, in his wheelchair, and Forrest Gump, um, uh, Lieutenant Dang, who was injured uh, and, and was in a wheelchair. And mm-hmm. uh, when these two gentlemen came back uh, from the war, both uh, movies were based on uh, someone on the Vietnam War, um, that they felt that they were disabled, that they had no use for anything or you know anything like that. And unfortunately, during that time, people treated our veterans uh, returning from Vietnam as as such. Uh, mm-hmm. They were called unfortunate, ugly names as you know baby killers and and you know things like that. So um, you know they were used and and thrown away, which I think is a complete utter shame uh, mm-hmm. for our society and for our government to to treat uh, anyone that way, let alone our our veterans, because these are the men and women who 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 put their lives on the line uh, mm-hmm. to to protect us. These are people uh, during the Vietnam War who may not have been in favor of the war, but were drafted and went over and and did their job, did their uh, due diligence. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they need those, they need to be treated with 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 the most utter respect and assistance because it is our duty as a society. It is mm-hmm. government's duty to assist our veterans. And exactly. it is the government's duty to assist our citizens. And mm-hmm. uh, I may rub some people the wrong way, but but I'm going to say this when you know people talk about well, government is too big, government can't do everything. Well, we're not saying that government can do everything, but the Constitution says that the government is for the people, by the people, for the people. Okay, so mm-hmm. government's responsibility is to take care of their their citizens. That is our responsibility. And not to say, well, you know what, you're on your own. You do the, you know, you do the Western thing, you do the cowboy thing, you make it on your own. Uh, None of us have done anything on our own. Our own. It is our job to do that. Mm-hmm. And and actually, none of us will ever do anything on our own. Someone is always going to help you do something. When you go to an employer and you put and you apply for a position, that employer deem you um, uh, the right fit for their company, and they hire you. So you don't do anything on your own, ladies and gentlemen. Someone is always going to assist you in whatever it is your need is going to be. And um, speaking of the the uh, uh, Vietnam veterans, um, Reginald, I, I you know it 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 is a shame, and and particularly for those of us who are history buffs and and um, are are baby boomers, uh, there was no parade given to these individuals. For example, 
um, like some of the things that they give parades to that I, I don't understand. Um, they, they, there still are individuals from, uh, Vietnam that, that have lots of issues, a lot of it relating to mental issues, which they were not given any help. So therefore they turn to crime. They turn to drugs. A huge number of them are deceased and things like that. And I just often, you know, think that, you know, um, if, uh, you know, mediation has been around for a very long time, but I, I often think of, um, uh, you know, the, the prominent way in that mediation could have and still can assist Vietnam veterans for making certain that they, that they acquire their rights, they, that they acquire what, uh, they, they have, um, um, coming to them, um, instead of, um, going, uh, through a long, long drawn out court, um, uh, uh, system, um, and, and, um, and, and paying huge and huge amounts of money. Now, as mediators aren't, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be paid as well. However, um, you know, it's a much more expeditious, uh, manner in how to get your, you know, your issues, you know, resolved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and um, you know, I'm sorry. It, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, I see it as, Grunt work. I always talk about grunt work. I consider myself a, a, a grunt. Anybody who's on the front line of of that business, whatever business that that you are, you're not sitting in in the ivory tower looking down. You're you're in the grunt work. And mm-hmm. I consider what I do grunt work. I consider what uh, mediators do is grunt work because you're down in the trenches uh, with people helping them. Now, just think of how many. Vietnam veterans have never received their benefits because they had no one to assist them. Um, mm-hmm. They they didn't have family. You know, everybody unfortunately doesn't have a family, mom, dad, sister, brother, you know, things like that, who, who can assist them. And so here's where mediation again can come in and help that veteran, uh, not only from the Vietnam War but from the Gulf War, uh, from the from the last war, you know, because we're seeing the same things of veterans returning uh, in the same shape that they returned from uh, from the Vietnam War, and so you know, a lot of these uh, men and women never had anyone, or don't have anyone to fit for them, or even if they do have a family, they may not know what to do and how to do it, and receiving any benefit be it Social Security or, or, or whatever, you're going to need someone who's going to do the face-to-face grunt work mm-hmm. uh, because, unfortunately, you have to go through the bureaucratic maze, as, as I call it, uh, to go through, well, do you need this? Do you need that? How do you need this? And a lot of times it's overwhelming for people uh, who are mm-hmm. by themselves Mm -hmm. and all people with families um, Mm -hmm. to go through this bureaucratic maze. So Mm -hmm. here again is where the mediator, where he or she can come in and Mm -hmm. take the lead for that family, for that individual. And Mm -hmm. and it's so much, I, I, I see it as just taking so much pressure off of that family to have Mm -hmm. someone who can actually do that. Separate from the attorney kind of stuff that, okay, here's my retainer cost, I need this, I need it, and I'll see you in court. 
No, they need someone who's going to keep them in the loop, going to mm-hmm. let them know step by step what they need to do, what is happening, and, you know, sit down at the kitchen table with them and let them know the steps, the particular steps that need to be taken. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's very important. Um, far too often um, in our in our society, you know, with individuals who are supposed to be helping someone, they don't keep them in the loop. They don't, right. you know, keep them apprised of what um, of, of everything they're doing. This all this this even includes, uh, you know, I have contacted um, or uh, ABC organization. I've spoken to uh, John Johnson, and he and I are going to meet. You know, instead of having the individual call you and ask you, okay, what's happening with my case and things like this, this is how I mediate with my individuals. I keep them definitely apprised, and I also, of course, keep a log. I keep them apprised of what I do, you know, um, um, of, of everything that, that I feel that is too. And it also reads them know that they're important, that they matter, right. you know, Absolutely. and and um, and that's and that's a really good feeling to know that you matter. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a whole nother show about people who who, um, you know, don't don't, you know, have the have the, um, um, you know, the blessing of, of being mattered in their in their uh, uh, by their family or something. But it, it, you know, be, have, letting an individual know that they matter is really huge. So now what we're going to do, we're going to take another short break uh, right now, Reginald, and then we're going to come back. And I want to talk about the um, mediation training that I did at the uh, attorney general's uh, this week. Stay tuned. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. Or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you, thank you for returning uh, with me here on put it um, put it all on the table through mediation with my great host Reginald C. Campbell. We are talking about the great benefits um, that are contained um, as they are in relation to helping individuals with disability um, issues and how to help them to resolve their issues. Now, right before we went on break, I said that I want to return and talk about the mediation training that I took part in this week at the attorney general's office. And as a matter of fact, my brother uh, came along with me. And this is something that I frequently do because I do believe in the mediation process. On one of my earlier shows, I also talked about how important the mediation process is coming down the pike and is coming quickly as um, this is going to be the, the, the state of the art of how individuals are going to be resolving their issues. 
not saying that the court system is going to go away, not saying that lawyers are going to go away, but this is the the manner in how individuals are wanting to and or are going to be looking at and being a part of for resolving their issues. Now, having said that, we're talking about people who are disabled. When I was training individuals for the attorney general this week, there was a lady in there who was in a wheelchair, and I was very happy to see that, and I'm going to tell you why. Because often when people are, you know, wanting to talk with someone, um, as you know, this Reginald, when someone wants to, they want to know that you can relate to them. So she would be very, very integral for an individual, let's say, who is in a wheelchair and, and they're seeking help because perhaps their business, uh, that they, that their employer, I'm sorry, is not making the, the, uh, correct accommodations for them and able for them to perform, uh, their duties. You understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Absolutely. And, and I was happy to see her as well. And that made me think, okay, now they are aware <clears throat> that there are people uh, who will need her assistance. And, um, you know, it's like coming in um, somewhere um, new and you see someone, uh, you know, you pull up in the gas station. I'll just use an example of, of, of myself, you know, driving from Chicago um, in um New Mexico, so I pull up in the gas station, and there's another guy with the 200 of Christ. So he look at me, I look at him, we kind of, uh, you know, that kind of common commonality thing, if that's the word of mm-hmm. it. Oh, you've got a 200, I've got a 200. Yours is gray, but mine is blue, you know. So it's like the same thing when someone comes into an organization like that and they see someone uh, with, with, with a disability, um, that tells me that that organization uh, is cognizant of people uh, who have disabilities and, mm-hmm. and is willing to assist them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And during this um, during this um, um, a mediation, there was also um, seven lawyers uh, mm-hmm. that was in this group. Uh, this is a group of about, um, I want to say, 15, 16 people and um, almost half of them were, were, were lawyers. So that's telling me. <laughs> that the article that I talked about that was written by Woody Molston that I talked about in about, uh, you know, in, in one of my earlier shows. Uh-huh. And, um, he was talking about how mediation is coming down the pike and how important it's going to be. And, you know, so they, they, they already see the writing on the wall is, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and, and as I said, I, I, I say that it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing, you know, because, um, People, people want and need to have their, their differences resolved and they should have their differences resolved. Okay. So now let's go on. Those of you who are, um, you know, regular listeners of my show, um, you know, and I, I, I tell you a lot about, um, that, that, um, you know, I mediate for the attorney general office and I've been doing that, um, uh, for six years for the civil rights division. And I have encountered some very, very interesting, interesting cases regarding this disabled, for example, you know, not having accommodations such as doors, not wide enough or ramps provided so that 
they so so that they should be provided uh you know the employer should provide this for them in order that they can be functional regarding their job and the employer not willing in a lot of these cases Reginald to accommodate these people right. and then and then they don't make these accommodations and then they they come up with some some um you know designed um excuse mm-hmm. to let them go you know, and this, and it's devastating because, you know, regardless of the fact of these individuals being disabled, just because they're, they're in a wheelchair, they have mm-hmm. families, they have wives, they have husbands, That's they right. have children, you know. That's right. And, 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 and I will tell you that during some of these mediations, the employer can be very stubborn for making accommodations and or providing training to their mm-hmm. staff for how mm-hmm you know, for how to treat the disabled when they come into their business for service. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think could be in relation to the stubbornness, Reginald, as the ADA was designed to ensure that employees who are disabled are not treated less favorable than those employees who who are not, you know, disabled? You understand what I'm saying? Maybe I didn't sure. say that correctly. Um you know, was it dying to ensure that employees who are disabled are not treated less favorable than those who are who are not disabled? Yes, you know, I, I think that uh, that comes from um, top down how you treat your employees, how we're going to treat people, and and letting that company needs to let uh, all employees know that we're all the same. You know, we we treat everyone the same. The same. You're no less than me, I'm no less than you, that, that we're all part of part of this team and everyone has something to uh contribute positively to this organization. And and I think that needs to come from top down, letting mm-hmm. um everyone know that, that that this is this is who we are. This is how we do things. This is how we treat our employees. Everyone is important. Everyone has an integral part of this organization. Everyone has something to contribute. Um, and as far as smaller companies, I, I think some of the stubbornness would be uh, the lack or the desire to just spend some dollars to make those changes. Say if there's a restaurant and um, it's not wheelchair accommodating, you know, for a ramp. Uh, by the stairs, uh, it, that mm-hmm. employee or that company may feel that, oh, well, gosh, I don't have the money or I don't want to spend the money uh, for those accommodations. But but, but mm-hmm. you should. You, you should mm-hmm. spend the money for those accommodations yeah. because, number one, that's like, for me, that's like a welcome mat that, you know what, we accommodate everyone. Because, in my opinion, no mm-hmm. one is better than than anyone else. Be it, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, be it if you're not in a wheelchair, um, uh, be it if you, um, you know, you need assistance with, with sign language. We all need assistance in something. Mm-hmm. All of us, exactly. Those who uh, are fortunate enough to walk and talk and you know do all the so-called everyday things that we that we need to do. We still need assistance in something, and mm-hmm. so um, that's my take on it. That if if that company is open, if that organization is open, of of letting and demanding 
that their employees, their managers, their supervisors, the everyday employees will treat everyone the same because, again, everyone has something to contribute to, not only that company, but society in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, it, it, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, we're, we're such a, a throwaway society. I mean, we don't even recycle in the manner that we need to recycle in this, in this country, let alone the world. But I mean, just in this country itself, we don't recycle properly. Um, um, you know, people don't care. Um, so, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I think that perhaps there should be a law. It's unfortunate, but sometimes there have to be a law and maybe even a fine that if individuals don't, Let's say starting with their garbage. If they don't put out things uh, in and in the right containers to be recycled, then they then I figure that I, I feel that they should get uh, fined for that. And it's yeah. unfortunate that some people need to have a, a more than a slap on their wrist to get it that you know we have to do the things that we need to do in order to be a vibrant and thriving society, which piggybacks on you don't just throw people away just because um, maybe they, they're assisted by a cane, they've lost a leg or whatever. They're mm-hmm. still very viable human beings, um, uh, you know, in this in this world. Now, I was reading an article titled The Americans with Disability Act, and um, it was authored by a guy named Arthur G. Sharp in March of 2006, but nevertheless it's still very apropos for today and for our conversation. Okay. And he says that Employers with 15 or more employees are required to adhere to the ADA and its state equivalents. Okay. Mm, and he says okay. that the ADA is replete with nuances of which employers may not always be aware. Now, mm-hmm. here's my thing. You are an employee. You are employing or should be employing disability, but let's talk about those that I'm sorry, the, the disabled, but let's talk about those that have employed the disabled. Then you need to do your due diligence, your homework, your study, your research and knowing how to accommodate these individuals. I, I do understand that sometimes it may be a little trying, you know, maybe a little financially, you know, uh, uh, trying is especially, but you know, these are all the things that you put in front of you when you are thinking about, um, opening up a business. No matter what it is nowadays, you right. know, I, I, I yeah, I, right. I feel that that you should be um, uh, if, if you're if you're disabled, you, sh- you should be um, accommodated, you know, by such. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, oh, I, I do as well. And um, and the thing about that is that, uh, you know, people who uh, are disabled, uh, let's face it, we don't know everything uh, about um, a law and and what a company or an organization or uh, well your apartment building um, has has to do uh, because you have a disability. Um, so having um, a mediator, having someone who can uh, assist you with those things, and let's face it, the company some companies aren't aware either. Uh, you know, exactly. Fault of their own. It doesn't mean that. Uh, that they just don't care that they're being mean, that they're just not aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. Once that company becomes aware um, of they need to do certain things for their employees, 
uh, and mm-hmm. it's important that they make those accommodations uh, without mm-hmm. any hesitation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well said. And one thing that I always say, and I echo this for across the board, that education is a beautiful thing. And I know earlier that I said that some individuals that I mediate with, whether it's in uh, the private, uh, my private uh, business or if it's for um, the attorney general, for example, a lot of them are like, you know, well, you know, kind of stubborn about it. But then mm-hmm. uh, it's very relieving to know that a lot of them do want to accommodate, that a lot of them right. do right. see that they need to have training for themselves and their employees on how to treat the disabled when they, you know, when they, they, they come into their, their business and they're, and they want service. Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. one of the questions that was in this article that I, that I liked and I, I felt is very interesting okay. is that it says, um, are employers required to grant accommodation to ADD, to ADA qualified employees that they may not make for regular employees. It says in part, workers who are disabled still have to be able to safely perform their essential job duties. However, employers need to ensure that they are taking responsible steps to enable these employers to do their jobs, such as eliminating physical barriers or restructuring non-essential duties. Now, here we go. Um, the thing that I, I, as I said, I, I love mediation mm-hmm. and I love, and I love education. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did learn through the attorney general office recently is that buildings that were built prior to 1991 do not have to retrofit themselves. To accommodate the disabled. Okay. I, 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 I said, okay, yeah, I just learned mm-hmm. this the other day and I haven't mm-hmm. taken the time, but I will take the time so I can, um, research that, that law, mm-hmm. that case study, that case law, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and find out is exactly as to What's up with that? Why? You know? Right. Why? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, I, I don't get that. But we're going to take one more break, brother, and then I'll come back because I want to talk more about that, that law that, that states you don't have to retrofit your, your business. Stay tuned. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, 
impartiality, and given a platform to be heard. Give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keys at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, thank you for returning back with me and my brother. I certainly appreciate that. Um, we are, I, I felt that we had a very good discussion about um, individuals with disabilities and um, how um, uh, the, you know, how beneficial mediation um uh, can be uh, for for assisting individuals um, who have uh, issues. They can always contact uh, me or my colleagues out there, and uh, we will be able to uh, help and assist them in anything that they are having an issue with. Um, now, we were talking about that. I learned from the um, 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 uh, the attorney general that. Um, that that um uh, the, there's a law before that says that 1991 you don't have to accommodate you know like build ramps or whatever um uh, if your building is is like 1991 and I just think I'm like that's just amazing to me I I never I, I that that's something that um that um uh, I, I I said wow that I'm gonna have to research and and find out um. Um, you know, what, what's up with that? Why, why that is? But, you know, we have, I have about a minute and a half left, uh, Reginald. Okay. And, um, and, and, um, you know, to find out why that is and why would you not want to take right. place, even if your right. building is old, you have a lot of, um, uh, cities that are what's called, you know, up and coming, like an area mm-hmm. that was, that was old and they're mm-hmm. retrofitting it for today. They, you know, it's, it may be a, a town that, that has old buildings that say from World right. War II, you know, and, and right. it's nice, you know, nice, you know, quaint little nice cute places. And the mm-hmm. doorways, of course, was very narrow. It wasn't mm-hmm. that people then wasn't in wheelchairs or, or, um, or, uh, or other, or, or needed other assistance as they're mm-hmm. walking or whatever. You know, you have people who are blind, people mm-hmm. who are hearing impaired. It's just that no one, you know, really cared about it. But in today's time, you know, you would think that um, that they would want to um, uh, retrofit. If it were me, I know that I would. And I have less than a minute. And I want to say, Reginald, thank you very much for um, for being on my show today. The the next show, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be a panel discussion. I'm going to have um, a, a couple of people on. Not exactly sure, haven't, haven't gotten the, um, I have somewhat of the topic down, but just, you know, just go on the talkzone.com uh, uh, website, look up the legal channel and or put it all on the table through mediation and, and take a, a you know, a gander at what the uh, topic is going to be. I prove to you that it is going to be one of interest and, and of learning. If you have any questions or those of you who would need my brother's assistance, you can contact him on 480-309-7374. Should anyone listening out there need assistance in their mediation, uh, for mediation, professional mediation, give me a call, 
7270 or email me at info at And in closing, thank you very much. Be kind to yourself and each other. Have a great day. <laughs>